0: Jesus says, but woe to the man to whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good morning, Christian America. Today's podcast is going to consist of this passage, as well as the passage that leads up to the betrayal of Jesus, the betrayal of one of his disciples who was with him, who walked with him, who participated in the earthly ministry of Jesus, yet still found it in his heart to betray him to his persecutors, to hand him over, who in turn would hand him over to be crucified on the cross. Let's get into the word. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. Today, we come to you again on Monday to get into the word of God, to get into scripture. Hopefully you followed us um, last podcast on Friday as we uh, started the chapter 14 of the gospel of Mark. Jesus has made his way from Bethany and the anointing into Jerusalem. He's the, the, the passage we're going to talk about today and read to you and show to you today is Jesus is preparing his last supper. He's preparing to be handed over. He's preparing for the passion that is to come. And there's some important steps that take place that we want to discuss that leads into or up to the passion. Um, And so before we do that, though, again, if you like what we try to do here, if you like these messages, if you think that scripture is important and that we need to revitalize our faith throughout this country in order to get it on the right path, the righteous path, should we say, we ask that you like this video, you subscribe to this podcast, you subscribe to this YouTube channel or wherever it is that you're watching it, that you follow us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Parlor Rumble. This is also uh, this video is going to also be on the Rumble channel. So follow us, like, subscribe to all of those platforms, and share with your friends because the Word of God is so important. I want to get into Mark uh, chapter fourteen. We're going to start today at verse ten, um, and we're going to go through a little bit m- more scripture than typical because we got to get all of the uh all all of the verses on judas's betrayal and so uh, once again mark chapter 14 starting at verse 10 says that then judas iscariot one of the 12 went off to the chief priests to hand him over to them when they heard him they were pleased and promised to pay him money then he looked for an opportunity to hand him over on the first day of the Feast of unleavened bread when they sacrificed the pest uh, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb his disciples said to him where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat Passover he sent two of his disciples and said to them go into the city and find a man I oh, go into the city and a man will meet you carrying a, a jar of water follow him wherever he enters and say to the and say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will, then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. The disciples then went off, entered the city, and found it just as he told them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he came with the 12 and they reclined at table and were eating. Jesus said, Amen. I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and to say to him, One by one, surely it is not I. He said to them, One of the 12, the one who dips with me into the dish for the son of man indeed goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man to whom the son of man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. It's a lot of scripture and there's a lot of things that we could get into, but we want to focus right now. We want to focus today on the betrayal aspect. Judas, someone who's accompanied Jesus for who knows how long, years, months for sure, possibly years. He's one of the disciples. He's seen the miracles. He's been a part of the movement. And yet he is one of the ones, or he is the one who commits this ultimate act of treachery, this betrayal. To turn on your friends. And then the first passage, verse 10 and 11, it's kind of sets the stage where it says Ju- Judas uh, went off to the chief priests. So, this, the anointing at Bethany, again, watch last week's podcast on the passage before this, where the poor woman takes uh, a bottle of perfume that's worth 300 days wages and, and anoints and rubs it on Jesus. And there, it, the passage says before that some were indignant. Jesus's followers were indignant. You would, that this could possibly be a reason that Judas is now looking, as scripture says, for a, a time to hand him over he goes to the chief priest what was in his mind how is he viewing the world is jesus supposed to be a conqueror is jesus supposed to be a warrior is that in his mind is that what the messiah is to judas at this point is it a social movement where we're supposed to take from the rich and and or or to sell our belongings in order to uh expand monetarily you know, give voluntarily to the poor because Jesus just said kind of the opposite of that as he was anointed because having Jesus in our midst is more important than having 300 days wages. But maybe Judas at this point wasn't, wasn't you know, taking kindly to that message, which then led him to the chief priest. It's interesting that in, in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew says that Judas proposes, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus, to hand him over? Matthew, another disciple, in his account of things, Mark is actually a disciple um, of Peter later, who who leaves this out, and maybe he just doesn't know about it, maybe it wasn't conveyed, or maybe it wasn't important enough to, 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 to write in there, but or it was it was lost in the in the uh, in the telling of the story of what happened, but there's just a slight difference, right, of, from these authors how and, and what they chose to highlight. But nonetheless, and so Judas makes this preparation to it says to hand him over. That phrase to hand him over is also significant because. Who does the handing over? Because once Jesus enters into his passion, he's handed over from his friends, from his so-called friends, from Judas, from his disciples, over to the elders, right? He's handed over to the, to the Sanhedrin and the Sadducees. He's handed over to the Pharisees. The Pharisees hand him over to Pilate and the and, and Pilate hands him over to the Roman guards who beat him and mock him and crown him with thorns, who crucify him. Think of the leader of the world. Think of Christ, the sinless one, who is handed over from all of, the, from all of these positions, from all of these people, friends, community, hypocritical, religious and, and community leaders, to governing factions, to the, to the soldiers who are, are, are simply doing what they're told. No one is innocent in this process. They all have a role to play. We all have a role to play. In our society, we, are, we have some modicum of responsibility just as all of these separate factions of Jesus's society, his community, collectively play a part in handing him over. The same people that were waving palms on Palm Sunday as he enters the city are the same people in a few passages that we're going to read that say, crucify him. This is how fickle the mind can be. This is how fallen people can be. Judas, who has been with Jesus for years, is fickle enough, Is succumb, succumbs to evil enough to betray him, to instigate this process. The chief of priests didn't come looking for Judas. Judas went looking for the chief of priests. He went looking for an opportunity to hand him over. The rest of the passage talks about uh, the, the preparations for Passover, right? They're celebrating Passover. They're celebrating the, the Passover. They're going to be eating the Passover lamb where the children of Israel were saved from the spirit of death who, who kills all the uh, Firstborn children of Egypt, in order to, uh, to influence Pharaoh to let the people of Egypt, or excuse me, let the people of Israel, the ancient Israelites, the ancient Hebrews, free so that they may leave Egypt. Right? This is the celebration, the celebration of Israel's uh escape from bondage. It's in that light. That the true lamb, the, the, the new covenant, the new lamb of God will lay down his life for everyone else. That's the remarkable nature of what's taking place in this moment. And so Jesus is prepared for it. He knows what's going to happen. We kind of gloss over the fact that he, he tells his disciples, when you go into town, you're going to meet a man with a jar, follow him, and tell him that the master needs a place. We kind of gloss over that. Jesus is telling the future. And it happens as such. And they prepare the upper room for him. And then we get back to Jesus, and starting in verse 17 through uh, 21. Jesus gives his betrayer another chance to turn back he gives him a warning don't do this the person who does this it would be better for that man that he never been born first he 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 gives a prelude to it he tells the group they're all at table they're reclining at table there are no chairs right they're all sitting on the floor they're all kind of leaning on each other that's why you see that old uh Uh, uh, painting of the Last Supper, right? They're all kind of leaning on one another. They're reclining at table. John is next to him. Peter's off in the distance. They're whispering because Jesus tells him, one of you will betray me. And they're whispering. "What? What, What? What is he saying? Who's going to betray him? Who could be doing it? Right? They're whispering among themselves. Scripture says that Each one of them is is coming up to him, and surely it's not I. They're not sure. Think about that. These followers are not sure about their own motives. That's telling because, especially for people who have walked with Jesus, how can we be so sure of our own righteousness? How can we be so sure of our own virtue? Things that we say we actually mean. And do we mean to do the work for the best intentions or do we, do we mean to do works for our own intentions? And that's a question that we should all be asking ourselves all the time. Am I helping people because I want to help people or am I helping people because I want to be seen as helping people? And when the time comes where I have to make the tough decision – Will I make the right decision or will I succumb to the world? Will I succumb to my fear like Peter in that moment when he denies Jesus three times? Will I succumb to my greed and my ambition as Judas is about to do? These feelings are real. We we as people are fallen. And we can fall into these traps very easily. So much so that these disciples know that. That they are not even sure if they're the ones who are going to betray Jesus. And so Jesus goes into this last statement. Where he says, for the son of man indeed is written for him. But woe to that man who the son of man is betrayed. He's telling Judas at this moment cryptically, no one knows that it's Judas. No one knows but Judas, that it's Judas, but yet he says it out loud. Woe to that man who betrays the son of man for it be better for that man if he was never born at all. That's another warning. How many times has God shown us, sometimes literally told us, Through our family, through our friends, through our spouses, through the mouths of babes, through children, that something isn't right. You shouldn't be doing this. Maybe you should reconsider. Maybe you should do something different. And yet, we let our own ambition, we let our own greed, we let our own fear, we let our own anxiety, we let our own thoughts, our own understanding, we lean on our own understanding. And we make a decision that is wrong. And not only is it wrong, it's detrimental to ourselves, it's detrimental to our souls, it's detrimental to our family, to our children, it's detrimental to the community. That's what's going on with Judas. He's literally sitting with Christ, and Christ is telling him to his face amongst his friends, that what you are doing will ruin your soul. Woe to that man. It would be better if he had never been born at all, and yet he does it anyway. He does it anyway. Friends, let this be a lesson of not only worshiping and staying true and not betraying God, but staying true to him. But let this be a lesson in how we look at ourselves into the world. Let's look and keep an eye out for God's messages to us through scripture, through prayer, through family, through the things that are good in our life. So that we don't let our own ambition, our own fear, our own anxieties, our own greeds, our own lusts. And prioritize them over the word of God and his true intention for us and our lives. So friends, if you like videos like this, if you like this message, if you like going through the gospels verbatim, in order and in context, we ask you to share this with your friends on your social media Uh, profiles to like, and subscribe to this podcast, to this YouTube channel, to this Rumble channel, and follow us on all the social media platforms. You can also go to christianamericantees.com. Pick yourself up some Christian American apparel there. uh, Some awesome stuff on the website. That's christianamericantees, all one word, .com. Pick yourself up some Christian American apparel. Show the world that you put Christ first in your life and be unapologetic in your faith because it's so important for us all to gain strength and confidence and stand together. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.